0: but where are the likes? Where are the comments? Can feel a little bit like an emotional roller coaster, right? We're all looking for that validation and it can be hard not to take it personally. What have I done wrong? Or why don't my followers love me? Have you ever tried to look at the numbers in Meta Business Suite? Then think to yourself, what does this actually mean? It's all gibberish. So you probably just think, sod it and you just carry on posting blindly, winging it just a little bit. In this three-part series of the Salon Owners Collective podcast, we give you an exclusive look into one of our Salon Mastery marketing intensives. And we're up to the final part, part three, the part where my Salon Mastery coaches translate all of that gibberish with this final ingredient you need to level up your Salon marketing. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, part three, Have I missed something? Well, yes, you probably have, but it's okay. You can catch up on the last two episodes where we reveal the four steps to creating a marketing strategy that works. So when you're ready, go and listen to those. And then this episode is the final ingredient and it will be here waiting for you. All right, I can't wait any longer. Let's jump right into this episode.
1: Okay, so I think this is super on point. What I observe a lot is that social media still feels like a guessing game. But something that I see and I definitely understand is that you can have all the content planners, all the tools, but something's still missing when it comes to feeling confident with actually what you're posting and feeling confident that it's actually going to work. And you spend time on it, but then you're never sure if it's actually working. And you don't want to be spending time on something that you don't feel like is going to be worth your time and effort, right? Like the ultimate goal is to grow your followers, grow your engagement, and ultimately get clients. But as I said, one of the things I see a lot is that you feel like you're going in blind. You feel like you don't feel confident that you're actually going to get results. And maybe you're even just going through the motions, posting for the sake of it, because you know you should be posting, but you're not actually feeling like, I know this is going to work. You're not feeling super on top of it. And when it comes to actually maybe looking back at the numbers or looking at, you know, how many comments did that post get? How many likes did it get? You probably know you should be looking a little bit more in depth at the stats or the insights behind your post or your page, but you don't really have time to sit down and track the numbers or the results of every post in depth, like finding the time to create and schedule and post the content is enough, let alone looking back and kind of reviewing how everything performed. But what that means is you're clicking post or clicking schedule and then just hoping for the best. And I think that's where that feeling of winging it or going in blind comes from because you can't necessarily foresee what the next steps are or what's going to happen when I post this. You don't feel confident that it's going to work basically. And what numbers you do see, like your follow account, maybe it's not growing or you hope to get maybe more than 10 likes on a post and then you don't or you see only one comment and it's from the same existing client that always comments all your stuff or your auntie or your sister or your husband and that can make you feel defeated like what numbers you do see but if you just scroll down your page there can be this kind of almost emotional reaction to how we are performing on social media because as we talked about before social media can be quite a confronting thing putting yourself out there Posting photos of yourself, your team, sharing your life it can be confronting. And sometimes it can feel like almost a feeling of rejection when we don't get that engagement or the high numbers like we'd hoped. But we also kind of don't know what to do to improve this. Like we don't know what to do with the information. And you look at a post, you think, oh, it's got no likes, it's got no comments. I feel sad, but I don't know, I'll just try again next time. I'll just hope for the best. But what I really want to do today is show you guys how you can take that information and turn it into a powerful tool that can inform your ongoing posting schedule and really use bad performing posts to improve your future posting, is ultimately the goal. And I think really when it comes to social media, sometimes we can feel like Tracking is a waste of time because if we don't really have the time to even create and schedule posts, then how can we have the time to track the posts? But what that means is actually we're running our social media with one hand tied behind our back. Like we are going in blind. And sometimes because we see the numbers and we do feel defeated, we don't know what to do with that information. So we just think, oh, tracking, like what's the point of it? I don't know what to do next when I look at those numbers. So it's a waste of time. But I really want to reiterate that the main goal is really to talk about the importance of marketing KPIs. So why the marketing KPIs are so important. Like you cannot run a business without clients, right? And I know you guys put time and effort into tracking the salon KPIs, the team KPIs, But none of that would be a thing if you didn't have clients, right? What I really want to highlight is that it's as important as team KPIs. Like I I think most of you guys are tracking your in-salon team KPIs, how your team performing. And it's kind of what I touched on. None of that would be possible if you didn't have clients. Like you need your clients to run a business. So really focusing on how to bring in those clients through your social media is super important. And one of the key ways to do that successfully is through tracking your marketing KPIs. What's important to remember is that if nothing ever changes, then nothing will ever change. You really can't improve on social media if you don't know where you're at right now or where you've been. We talk about this kind of sports analogy a lot here at Cell Mastery, and it's, it's all about in a sports game, how can you know whether you're winning or what team is winning if you're not keeping score? So it's the same when it comes to social media. How can you know if you're winning or you're doing well if you're not keeping score? If you don't know how well you've been tracking, what the numbers are. Especially if you've got someone who is dedicated to doing your social media, like a social media manager, then it's going to be super realistic for you. But I really want to, hopefully the goal of today is to make it realistic for everybody and a little bit of a quicker process. Okay. So what I really want to highlight is that The mistake I see is posting month to month, creating scheduling, creating scheduling, and not looking back. And what that will mean is you will be constantly winging it. And you never feel like you go into the new month feeling like you've learned something or feeling like you're actually informed after the last month. Instead of that, I think it needs to be this kind of cyclical rhythm of create, schedule, track, adjust. We've kind of got this rotating arrow, and that's really how I want you to think of your social media goes around in a circle like that. It shouldn't be just month to month, never looking in the rear vision mirror. It should be always looking back, always constantly improving and adjusting because that's the only way that you you are going to improve. And you Mm -hmm. need to see where you've been to know where you're going. So I think instead of kind of writing KPI tracking for marketing, writing it off is another thing you maybe don't have time for. You need to prioritize it as its key part of marketing. So when you think of marketing, the KPI tracking is really a key fundamental part of that. And I actually think it benefits you in the end because it really will make your posting easier because you'll actually know what to post. And you'll find that when you start tracking correctly, you'll start to see better results and then you'll feel more confident. So I think in order to do this, you need three steps that are going to make up this missing ingredient to up-level your marketing. So the three steps are one, you need to know your marketing key performance indicators. So what are the key things you should be looking at when you are reviewing your post and how well they've performed? That's number one. Number two, learn to read your audience like a book. And this is one that I love and it's so important because it's really about how to kind of pick out those small things your audience may or may not do. The small behaviors on when it comes to your audience online and take that information and, and, and turn it into a powerful tool. Knowledge is power, right? And then what you focus on will grow. So really thinking about our client buying journey, so our cold, warm, hot, and our post pillars and how that those things are going to affect your APIs or your results when it comes to your marketing. And those three things really make up the missing ingredient to up there for your marketing, which is marketing KPIs. (laughs) Okay, we're going to start with talking about the key things you should be looking at when you are tracking your marketing. So in order to kind of start functioning in this cyclical way in a cycle when it comes to marketing, to be constantly improving rather than winging it, you need to keep score. You need to know, as I said, how everything's performing currently, so you can know what to aim for, what your goals are, what's working and what's not so you need to know exactly what you should be looking at because often I see that you kind of begin to wonder what even makes a good post often like I see people you've tried all these things and other people might get different results than you everyone else is getting all this engagement why am I not getting any engagement I swear I'm posting the same thing as everyone else maybe you look at the comments and the likes you feel defeated And when you do get comments and likes, you feel happy, right? Like it does, as I said before, it's kind of this emotional thing. And often we just kind of look at those things, followers, comments, likes, and that's kind of what we use to to judge whether we're performing well or not. But actually, I think it's really important to remember there are a few other key, key stats or numbers you should really be focusing on to judge your performance score. Have a little bit more depth of insight when it comes to reviewing your marketing and know exactly what you're looking at and know exactly what you're looking for. And instead of feeling sad or feeling happy when the numbers are low or high, using this info to your power. And I think if you're here today, you're already a step ahead of many others who won't even be thinking about this, won't even care about this. So congrats if you're here today because that's already the first step. Okay, let's start off with the basics. I think there are two kind of key things when it comes to engagement or what you can see when people are interacting with your post, and that is reach and engagement. So reach, it's in the name really, it's eyeballs. How many people are seeing your content? How many eyeballs, pairs of eyeballs are on your content? And then engagement can be a few things, but really reactions. So like likes or love hearts or laugh faces. Comments kind of comes under the engagement umbrella as well. And then post engagement. So post engagements are the interact kind of what interactions people have with your post that don't sit inside reactions or comments. So it can be click to read more if it's a longer post, or they might click on the photo to bring the photo up large. Those kind of little clicks that they might do on the post outside of either commenting or liking and reach an engagement when it comes to social media play into each other in kind of an interesting way. And there's a little relationship between reach and engagement, right? Because engagement, people commenting on your posts can drive reach. So if people are commenting, then it might show up on their friends' news feeds and then their friends are going to see it and then that's more pairs of eyeballs, right? So engagement drives reach. The more people who comment, the more other people who will see it. That's kind of how the algorithm works. But reach doesn't necessarily drive engagement. So... Just because someone's seeing your content doesn't mean they're going to engage in it. So your reach number could be really, really high and your engagement number could be zero because just because people are seeing it doesn't mean they're going to engage. So it's really about remembering that that engagement factor can drive the reach, but it doesn't work the other way around. And I think reach is really important, right? Because you need new people seeing your content to be actively growing your reach and thus your following online. Because as I said, reach equals eyeballs, eyeballs equal followers, like the more new people that are seeing your stuff, the more new people that are following you, and then ultimately followers equal clients. So you're never going to grow new clients if you're not growing your followers, if you're not growing your reach. And so it's kind of works in that, that flow. What you want to think about is that if your reach number isn't growing, then your follower count will most likely not be growing. So if your reach number is reaching the same amount of people... 200 people this post 200 people the next post that could very well be the same people and so that's not actually growing and so it's not actually reaching new people and that can mean that your follower count won't be growing which could mean that your social media growth kind of has gone stagnant and your influx of new clients may stop and i think it's super important reach but also engagement's important because it does take on average seven to 11 interactions with a brand before someone decides to do business with a brand, and that's just an average.
0: I just wanted to jump in and interrupt you just for a moment and let you in on a little update. While you're being a fly on the wall of this marketing intensive over the last three weeks, I wanted to invite you to consider joining me in the Salon Mastery or maybe the Momentum programs. So if you wanted some help with your content planning, attracting new clients into the business. If you wanted some help with content planning, attracting new clients and ensuring you're not only building a following, but those followers are turning into bums on seats in your salon, then maybe we need to talk. Certainly love to help. And if you need to go deeper on those strategies, we'll show you exactly how step-by-step. So maybe Seller Mastery or the Momentum program are a good fit for you. If you want to find out which one suits you best, then you have officially been invited. Reach out. Let's jump on a call. Otherwise, let's get back to the intensive.
1: So 7 to 11 interactions on average, it will take someone before they decide to do business with you. And kind of that period between the time where they first discover your brand and eventually, hopefully, end up becoming a client and doing business with you, is really one of the most vital parts of that client buying journey. That cold, warm, hot. This is the phase where either your social media content will convert them or not. And so that inter- those interactions, seven to eleven interactions, they probably look like engagement, right? So comments, likes, clicking on your post, and so. I think if that's low, then that's, again, a real telltale sign that your new client count may start to dwindle because people aren't going through that cold, warm, hot. They're not having those 7 to 11 interactions with your brand. And so kind of hopefully that can show you kind of how reach and engagement really feed into one another. Engagement, it's like dating. We talk about this a lot here, but it's really that 7 to 11 interaction period with your brand that it's kind of like that dating phase, right? Like, am I going to do business with you? Am I not? It's like, am I going to start going out with you? Am I not? So it's really vital and that's that crucial phase. And we really want to get people over the line. And I think what's really important is that your if your reach count is growing, your engagement count should be growing too. So what you don't want is the reach count that's growing, but the engagement count is staying the same. And what that's probably going to mean is that people aren't resonating with your content. And so they're not engaging with it. Really, if one month, 200 people are seeing your post and the next month, 300 people are seeing your post, your engagement should be the same. Maybe it would go from 50 engagement to 60 engagement. So I hope that makes
2: sense. Yeah, I think that's exactly right in terms of the resonating when it comes to engagement. Like that's kind of a really great sign to say that, okay, this is resonating with my customer. And that's why it comes back to that foundational piece of the ideal client, right? And knowing who you're speaking to so that you can create content that resonates with them. And therefore, they're more likely to engage, then more people can see it. And it's kind of like this domino effect when it comes to social media, So I I feel like if you keep that in mind, that also helps that relationship of that reach and engagement too.
1: Yeah, totally. And it even might be a situation like maybe your ideal clients changed since you last reviewed it. And so your engagement count is going stagnant and people aren't commenting, people aren't liking. And you're like, oh, why the heck not? It could be that people are seeing your content, but they're not engaging because they're not resonating or you're targeting the wrong audience because your ideal clients changed. And so you're kind of using the wrong language or using the wrong imagery in your posts so, yeah, it really all feeds back to that ideal client and who you're targeting because people are only going to engage if they resonate. And people are only going to resonate if you're talking to your ideal client, right, to the right people using the right language. So I think that's super important. Okie dokie. So we've touched on reach, eyeballs. We've touched on engagement, which is people commenting, liking, The other key performance indicator that I want to talk about today is link clicks or clicks on a link in your post. So that's usually what we call the call to action. So the action that you want people to take at the end of your post. And I think what's important is it's great if we have lots of reach, it's great if we have lots of engagement. But as I've said, obviously, as we all know, the ultimate goal is clients and the only way that people are going to actually come to do business with you is book in with you and, and, you know, come and visit your salon. And so if we're using link clicks in our posts, especially our hot posts to say, click the link to book in for this package or click the link to take action on this offer, that's really the only way that people are going to come and do business with you because that's the thing they're taking action on, right? So it's kind of like you want to have that link there and be really tracking those link clicks and how many people are clicking, because that's how you're going to know how many people are actually interested in your offers and things like that. And adding links so that we can capture that low hanging fruit, because we've always got cold people, we've always got warm people, we've always got hot people. And so we want those opportunities to capture those hot people and invite them into our world, into our sound to become clients. So I think that's really important as well. So those are the key things you should really be focusing on and tracking when it comes to your social media. Reach, engagement, link clicks. And that, I guess it follows the cold, warm, hot. Reach is really those cold. Engagement is really that warm period. And then link clicks is really for those hot people, the people who are ready to take action. So it's kind of fitting, right? So now that we know those super tangible key performance indicators, those results drivers, I'd really like to touch on how to read your audience like a book. So we know to keep an eye on engagement and reach and link clicks, but there are a few other things that are going to affect your social media results. And what I really want you guys to take away from this is to learn how to take your post performance and turn it into a useful piece of information that's actually going to teach you something about what you should and shouldn't post online. I think when it comes to testing what our audience does and doesn't resonate with online, it's sometimes easy, especially on social media, to feel a little bit detached from our audience, like what we see are just numbers on the screen or they're not like real people. And I think what that can mean is that we can see the results in a very black and white way. So we see their, you know, their interactions with our posts, they like it or they don't or they comment or they don't. And in our heads, I think we can make that super black and white. So you might post one reel and no one comments and it doesn't get any likes. And you are I think it's easy to think that, oh, reels don't work for me or never posting a reel again because you feel, you know, a little bit knocked back by that. Or you post one promotion and no one books in for it and you think, oh, deals don't work for me. Promotions don't work for me. And I think it's that kind of black and white viewpoint on social media results is maybe not the right way to look at it. I think in reality, it's a lot more multifaceted than that. The actions people take or don't take with the content online can tell you so much. And just the slight shift in a post or a slight little difference in a post can can be the difference between whether someone interacts or not. One line can affect whether people are going to engage in our post or not, or how successful the post is. So that's a difference in the call to action, but it can be anything. It could be the opening line. It could be the image. It can be the smallest things. And so I really want to highlight how important those small details are. I want to show you guys how you can kind of pick those out when you're looking at your social media and think, oh, maybe if I just change that one thing, rather than having this like super black and white approach of like, oh, reels don't work. It can be the super small things that make the big difference. So really? I think the most, yes. Just to be clear, you weren't
0: saying that Pick me didn't work and that the link does work you were just saying either could work
1: either could work the Trick
0: is to just know the difference and test the difference
1: yeah for some yeah. of you you might, might make an sure audi- yeah totally for some of you that you you know you might have an audience that are real commenters they're going to comment and that's how they want to receive promotions for example and others you might have an audience that's more clickers they don't really want to comment as much but they will if you put a link you'll get like 50 clicks so it's just about kind of testing what works online and learning what resonates with your audience what works specifically with your audience because it's not going to be the same for everyone and so that's kind of why shifting from that black and white mentality to more of a testing testing what works looking at those finer details and really seeing you know, it's not always reels don't work or promotions don't work, it can be one line. And so I think that's why one of the most powerful tools at your disposal is your ability and your opportunity to read your audience like a book. And there are so many ways you can do this, different types of information you can gather And as I touched on before, the most tangible are reach, engagement, and link clicks. There are kind of a couple of other things. It's just really looking for those little things or patterns in your audience's behavior that can tell you something about your audience so you can read them like a book. Things that are super useful for you as tools are knowing your high-performing days and times with your audience. When you go to schedule your posts on Meta Business Suite, you can actually see your active days and active times and it reads that based on the last period of your posting schedule takes what the best performing days and times were and recommends them to you again another awesome insight at your disposal to really read your audience like a book and feel confident that what you're posting and when you're posting it is is the right thing for your audience again facebook meta business suite is amazing it actually tells you your post reach your post engagement and actually what content type resonated best with your audience. So you can see this for both Facebook and Instagram on Meta Business Suite for our Salon Owners Collective page. Text posts resonated the best, which is super interesting. Images were second and videos were third. And what was actually interesting, but not very surprising, is on Instagram, videos were the highest ones. So obviously reels are a huge thing on Instagram. So we could see that. Maybe we need to focus more on reels on Instagram and maybe more on text-based posts on Facebook, for example. But it's going to be different for everybody. This is a super useful tool to read your audience like a book and find out exactly what's working and what's not. Age range. Super interesting, but I would definitely recommend looking at this. I'll show you how. Probably my guess is that for most of you, Instagram is generally a little bit younger. Facebook is a little bit older for our salon owners collective page. For Facebook, 35 age bracket was the highest. 45 was the second, but for Instagram, 35 was still the highest, but 25 was the second. So super interesting to see that, like the age of people that are interacting on either platform. And what I'd recommend doing is when you look at yours, having to think about which one better lines up with your ideal client, what age bracket is your ideal client in? And then that'll tell you what platform is going to be the main one for you to focus on because your ideal client is predominantly on that platform. You know we can post similarly on both, but it's just super interesting to know where your audience is or where your, most of your ideal client-based audience is. Those are a few things to show you guys how to read your audience like a book. Okay, one more thing when it comes to the missing ingredient to up your marketing, and that's all about remembering that what we focus on will grow. This is really about why you shouldn't panic when you see a bad result. So I'm super excited for this one. So I think now that you know what key stats to care about and kind of what little things you can look for and what to expect in terms of those stat results, we can really start to think about what we focus on will grow. Because what I see happens is that we panic when we see a bad result. We feel defeated and frustrated. And you think, oh, I thought it was a great post. I even used a template maybe it still didn't quite perform how I wanted it to, I had high expectations. And that can feel super frustrating and defeating when, you know, you think, "Oh, I just want to throw in the towel, I just wish I didn't have to post on socials anymore. But I think what is good to remember when we feel this way is that the purpose of your post will dictate the result. And so what that means is that if your focus for that post is engagement, then you should get engagement on the post. But you won't always have a main focus for engagement. It's super important to be intentional with the purpose of the post and what you want to get out of the post. Like think, what am I trying to achieve? Is it engagement and or comments? Is it link clicks? Is it maybe I just want people to save this post for later? Especially with like a super deep pain post, people aren't always necessarily going to comment on that because they don't maybe want to be seen publicly interacting with it. But you might notice that lots of people have saved it. So that's a private thing, right? They've saved it for later just when they're feeling, you know, X, Y, Z about their hair or skin. And so remembering kind of what the type of post is and what you want to achieve, but also what audience your post is aimed towards. And I think, as I said, results will really depend on audience. So who it's aimed towards, cold, warm or hot. Post type, again, is it engaging kind of post? Is it pain post? And then call to action. So if the call to action is a link, then people might not necessarily comment. Or if the call to action is a comment, then maybe not that many people will like or click on the photo because they're too busy commenting. So I think being super intentional with those things is really going to dictate what result you get. I just want to touch on audience quickly because it's an interesting one when it comes to results. And what I really think is important to remember is that your cold audience aren't going to be huge engagers because they're cold. They don't really know, like, or trust you yet. They know you a little bit, but they don't, you know, they haven't kind of warmed up to you. They're cold. So they might really not really engage with your content or, you know, care about all the content you're posting. They probably just care about the content that you're posting aimed towards a cold audience. Hopefully that makes sense. And then your warm audience is more likely to, obviously, they're going to resonate and care about your warm content and maybe your cold content, but they're not hot yet. So they don't care about your hot content. They're probably not going to engage in that. And then your hot audience is going to care about all of it because they're hot. They love your brand. They're ready to do business with you. So they're probably going to engage in your cold content, your warm content, and your hot content. And I think the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because often we see kind of the same people engaging in our posts over and over we see maybe our existing clients or maybe someone who is we're like oh they booked in with me yet they keep commenting on everything and so what that means is that they're hot they're caring about all of your contents they're commenting on all of it and so that's why often we can see the same people commenting over and over again but what we just want to make sure we're doing is those people then become clients and then we have a new hot audience come in the cycle kind of repeats like that and that's why it's important post content that's aimed towards a cold audience a warm audience and a hot audience because then we're cycling people through the funnel hope that makes sense Belle do you have anything to kind of add on that
2: yeah I think it's like with the different types of content right like if you're doing a promotional post that you're selling the service of course that's just not going to do as well as something that's funny and relatable and showing your face and is more personal so having that Purpose and thought behind the post is really important, and not to be feeling defeated when it doesn't perform as well because it is a certain type of post.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think, yeah, as I said before, your cold audience probably not super likely to engage, your warm audience somewhat likely to engage, and your hot audience are super likely to engage. So, as long as there's constantly people in all three of those phases, then we're doing well. And there's also different types of posts that are going to be aimed towards different types of audience. So Relatable, cold, and warm. And then your promotional posts are really just aimed towards a hot audience. So they're really going to take action on those. And then I think what I want to touch on with engagement is if we don't ask for engagement, we're not going to get engagement. So it comes back to that call to action, being super specific with what that call to action is. And if the purpose of the post is to get engagement, then we have to ask for it. So we have to use super specific, clear language comment below let me know your answer below so if we're doing like an engagement style post or say a meme where it, the really the goal is engagement you know you want to write tag a friend below who this reminds you of or tag a friend who will find this funny being super specific with that call to action last line can be the difference between whether you get engagement or not so remember if you don't ask you don't get And then if you don't give, you don't get. Engagement is a two-way street. Let's take it off online for a second. If you met someone in real life and they talked to you, you probably wouldn't ignore them, right? Like you'd talk to them back. Conversations work when they're happening two ways. And the same goes for online. If you don't give engagement, you can't always expect to get engagement. So if people comment on your posts, reply back to them. You know, if people like an Instagram story of yours, like an Instagram story back. It's just those super small kind of little things that are going to build those relationships with your potential new clients. And that's what's going to get people from cold to warm to hot. And they're going to like you and grow to trust you and then want to do business with you.
2: Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. Like it's exactly what you've said. If you're wanting engagement, you have to engage with other people. And it's just like, think of it as a relationship, right? We're all humans. We like being social and it's about being social on social media too. So just taking that time to do those little bits of engagement as well is really important.
0: I think often we look at our screen or our phone and we think out there and there's this sort of, it feels like we're on this platform and we're speaking to this kind of wide group of nobody in particular and it stops us from being real connected to an individual person. And I always found it easier to think anything that I'm writing, I'm writing for my ideal client, one singular human and it stops this talking to the group kind of feeling, which stops you from engaging, right? And I just put in the comments, to start with the fear is, if I ask for engagement, I'll get crickets. And you just have to be prepared to start to ask and get zero. And then when you keep asking, people go, oh, she's actually asking. Actually, she replies. Well, that brand replies. Maybe I'll be brave enough to reply back to her because there's a real human in the business. And there's someone that will reply to me. So I just wanna encourage you that, It's not sort of this faceless crowd out there that you're speaking to. They're actually individual humans and you've got to go first, talk first to be prepared to get nothing and build the habit. That's been my experience anyway.
1: Yeah, totally. I think it comes back to what I was saying before as well. It's easier to feel kind of detached from our audience or our followers online because we might just see it as kind of like numbers on a screen, but it's all about remembering that it's real humans. And even if it makes it easier, as we said, just think about the one human that is aimed towards your ideal client, especially if it's a real person, it can be super easy to just pretend you're talking directly to them like they're in your chair. So I think that kind of removes some of that fear factor. When it comes to expectations and expected results on social media, I think it's easy to kind of get our hopes up that all of our content's going to go viral. Or, you know, we kind of hope to have this like, we want to be a viral sensation. or We want lots and lots of people to see it and comment on it. If we have one post that performs really well, maybe you posted a reel and it just went off. Um, and then you post your next reel and then it doesn't get as many comments or it might get no comments and no likes. We go from feeling like oh, we've made it, we've finally ticked done social media, we've nailed it to like, oh my god, what the heck have I done wrong? Why did that go so badly? I'd love to know if anyone can relate to that, if anyone's kind of felt like before, they've had a really good post and then another post has gone not so well and they feel super defeated. It can feel like this kind of up and down, up and down, right? And it can definitely knock us back. But even the most engaged businesses and pages have ebbs and flows like this. So I think they probably all know BuzzFeed. They're a super popular online kind of news provider. Pop culture news, really. And two posts were one hour apart. And the first post has one like and one share. And the second post has 380 likes or reactions and 787 comments and 88 shares. Which is crazy, right? Like this is a hugely followed, hugely successful page. And even then they have one post that goes totally viral and one post that does almost nothing. and could be down to a number of things. But I think what's most important to remember is that it's all about being consistent and reading the results and just trying things like maybe BuzzFeed was just trying something new here and they're like, oh, never posting about cleaning products again or whatever. I think it's about being consistent, but not blindly consistent. Knowing what you do differently next time, if a post performs badly, I think is the key to kind of that constant improvement. Is that making
2: sense? It's easy to feel disappointed. Hopefully that's a little bit reassuring that even BuzzFeed gets zero engagement sometimes. <laughs> I don't think that's something to be disappointed about, right? Because it's a key learning, like actually taking the time to look at that and now you've figured out something's happening and now we can work on, okay, let's tweak that and make, make you get that engagement that you're wanting.
1: Yeah, totally. It's all about that knowledge is power. So that's why I think it's important to remember that we don't need to feel disappointed when we see those load performing posts is because... As long as we even have one takeaway from the post about what we would do differently next time, then that's all that matters because we've learned something. So it's not a bad thing to see a bad performing post. If anything, it can sometimes be a good thing because it's told you something that you didn't know before. So I think that that's super important. Okie dokie. Let's recap. So we have touched on the three steps to the missing ingredient to uplift your marketing. Number one was the tangible key performance indicators with marketing that reach engagement and link clicks. The three main things that you should be focusing on when you're looking at your social engagement. Number two, read your audience like a book. The little things that can really tell you whether a post is going to resonate with your audience or not. And then what you focus on will grow. How to take that information and let it kind of dictate or shape your focus moving forward so that you can really be intentional with your posts and feel confident that they're actually going to work. So those are the three steps to the missing ingredient to uplevel level your marketing, which is all about marketing KPIs.
0: Wow, I don't know about you, but it kind of feels like it should be illegal to know all of that. (laughs) There's a lot of powerful information packed into that episode. And to think it's just a teeny tiny snippet of what our salon owners inside of the Salon Mastery program are learning. So let's recap on the three elements of the final ingredient to leveling up our marketing. Number one, you need to know your KPIs, key performance indicators. What are the numbers trying to tell you about your reach, your engagement, and the action being taken on your posts by your clients and potential clients? Number two, Actively reading your audience like a book. This is where we need to understand the areas of your content to test or challenge that will give you a deeper insight into your audience and what they respond to. Testing is learning. And finally, number three, what you focus on will grow. Be consistent and persevere through the roller coasters of likes and comments, because as you stick to that rhythm of create, schedule, track, adjust, you will grow it will happen. Marketing does work. Now, if you've enjoyed being a fly in the wall of the marketing intensive over the last three weeks, then maybe you're ready to take the plunge and consider joining me in my Salon Mastery program or even the Momentum program. It's just a thought for you to think about. Meanwhile, if you've got any questions or you want some help with your content planning, please reach out. You know I'm always around and I love to help. And if you need to go deeper into those strategies, we'll show you exactly how. Maybe Salon Mastery is the right fit for you. I invite you to reach out. Let's have a chat. Tell me a little about your salon. And uh, maybe we'll jump on a call together. Okay. Meanwhile, same time, same place next week on the podcast. Ciao.